Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? I think they will get one of those Champions League places. Should be an absolutely phenomenal achievement for Eddie Howe and his players. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Maybe Barker joins us to uh, offer some analysis on the Republic of Ireland's 1 0 defeat at the hands of the USA last night. Maeve, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. Not too bad now. How are you doing? What did you make of this performance? Yeah, it was a very positive performance, I think, overall. Um, you know, obviously, it was disappointed, I suppose, maybe not to, to score. Maybe we're hoping for too much against the world champions, like I said. But um, it was overall, I thought um, it was a good performance. Um the goal was, I suppose, unfortunate for Courtney in that um, it would, I suppose, it'll go down as a, a goalkeeping error, really, because um, the goal came um, just just inside, um, just before half time from Alana Cook. She was crossing the ball in after um, after a corner initially from the US. So, um, from that point of view, I suppose it's a little bit disappointing, but overall, I think um, a lot of positives to take. You can be glass half full, you can be glass half empty about a performance like this. Glass half empty, just for a minute, is that we didn't create enough chances over the two games to actually score against the USA. And that has been a big problem for us. So are you seeing at least any signs of progress in terms of creating good quality chances? Yeah, I mean, I suppose in terms of shots on goal, um, last night it was, um, I suppose, two and two. So, you know, we matched them in that regard. Um, Like going forward, I think... Really, I suppose it's always going to be on the break against um, a team like the, the US who are going to always dominate possession. And um, I think really it's when they're when they're up the field um, for set pieces, that's when we can really um, counterattack and look to use um, the pace. I think, um, especially on the wings with Katie and Heather, I think they're a really big threat, especially with teams like the US who like to push their fullbacks forward. That's where the space is out wide. And um, we did create... Uh, bits of chances, few chances, I suppose. Um, so from that point of view, it was a little bit more positive, but you're always going to be so limited, um, you know, in chances, especially from play uh, and against teams like this. So it's set pieces really is where we could try try to make it matter. What did you think of that changing of tactics from Vera Pau? Because like, I don't know how long people have been talking about the fact that they want, you know, to see, like, is it possible for Ireland to to do something other than a low block to utilise Heather Payne in a different way rather than that, you know, her being the lone striker up top and running the absolute length of the pitch multiple times, but actually not getting any opportunity to score. And obviously we saw Kira Carusa kind of filling in that role over this international window and Heather going into that wing role. Do you think that's something that Vera Power is going to persist with? Like, was there enough benefit that we got from it that this is actually something that we can implement in the World Cup? Yeah, personally, I think I think so. I think um, Heather is, is definitely um, suited to the wing. Um, I mean, I um, would have known her. She, she played at Salt and Devon, the same club as I did back in the day. And, um, you know, she always would have operated predominantly as a winger and wouldn't be known for a goal scoring. Um, Bill is just so... Um, you know, prominent and assistant and everything that I think that's where she, she could be best utilized for sure. And even I was watching, I was 
listening to the, the American feed last night and they did um you know say that she nearly burned a, a side on, on the then length of the pitch um you know but then I suppose in turn with her using so much energy going forward then the US also used it uh, I think Sophia Smith was out there um, at some stages you know just using her pace as well to get by but um yeah I think definitely in, in a, a wide position is is where she's suited and it was interesting to see Kira Caruso seem to be now the preferred option um I suppose before this camp maybe we would have thought uh, Amber Barrett would have been in with a shout up there as well um you know she only she got very limited game time over the course of the two games so um it is interesting to see how I suppose different players have are been preferred in different positions now going forward with a view to the World Cup in mind it's interesting you bring up Amber Barrett there because she had that in that shoulder injury and then when she was over in Germany for a little bit she was playing in a full back position as she was like trying to get more game time coming and like it was quite a serious injury it kept her out for a couple of months and when she was talking heading into this camp she was saying one of the things that she really wanted to do was get some minutes and obviously she didn't I think she came on around 85 minutes last night so only played about five minutes and um, plus whatever extra time there was like would for a player like her what's the concern level do you think now because obviously she gave us that magical moment against Scotland but even she herself has said since that like that's absolutely no guarantee and now that Vera Powell seems to be favouring you know having Carusa up there with Shiva and Farrelly providing the support into her and like playing those balls in that's not really Amber Barrett's style of play. Is is that something that's going to be a concern for her over the next couple of months? Yeah, I suppose. Um, although it's still like, I know we're just less now than 100 days out. There's still um, two games to be played, you know, Zambia and France. And we can see that a lot actually has changed. You know, even you look at in terms of Lucy Quinn, who, who wasn't um, initially in the squad and then la- last night started. So it's player kind of the match of, as well um, on the RT. Yeah, feed. actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you know, I don't think anyone really would have predicted that. I, I don't know. I suppose it's uh, it's just an intriguing one, really, how someone can't like be named in the initial squad and then go on to to start and, like you said, be player of the match, which is great for for Lucy going forward as well. But um, yeah, going back to your question in terms of Amber, I think like that anything can change, and if you know she hits a run of form now with her club that's all she can focus on obviously is her um, game time with the club and try try to perform as best she can there like every player really in the squad um, that's what they're going to be, be looking to, to focus on um, between now and I think it's the 22nd of June when they, they face Zambia next so um, yeah like I said a lot can change in the course of a very short amount of time Are you suggesting Kathleen she might not make the squad? Uh, I I don't think she's a certainty by any stretch, especially with the way that Vera was setting up her team in this particular window and the fact that she's not getting a whole lot of game time in Germany. Now, I say that Vera always used to be very big on game time and players getting it. And then we see players like Sinead Farley coming in and other players in the squad who haven't had a lot of game time. Um, but yeah, like I... It's entirely possible at this stage. I think there's a lot of positions up for grabs. I was looking at my last edition of Power Rankings that I did during the last international window and there was quite a few movers and shakers. So, uh, I mean, it's kind of like what Maeve says. There is still a bit of time and we do still have those games, but I would would be a little worried if I was Amber Barrett at the moment, yeah. Is it concerning at all, Maeve, that that, you know we really only started to threaten last night when Louise Quinn is, is lumped up top? Like, I know it's probably preparation almost for... You know, if you are a goal or two down in a World Cup match, you can utilise that option. But is that a 
Is that a wor- break glass in case of emergency kind of option, do you think? Yeah, it's it's an option definitely. And yeah, like I said, she went up front again last night. And I think, um, you know, really from set pieces, I think, yeah, Louise is definitely is, is such a threat. But on the flip side then, and we saw it once, I think, around the hour mark last night, the US, they're so um, dangerous on the break, like all the top teams, nations are. So when we have players committed forward and, you know, the likes of Louise, who in fairness, almost always gets her head to the ball, she's going to be one of the most furthest forward. And then, you know, on the flip side, like I said, then when they counterattack, we're looking uh, for her to chase the length of the pitch. So I suppose what I'm saying is if we could have two Louise Quinns, it could be come in handy, you know, especially towards the end of a game. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an option to have, but yeah, it's a last resort really as well. But um, like I said, if, if we can really make the set pieces count, um, that's that's where I think we'll be a real threat to teams. And like the US as well, last night set up um, in the game before, set up with a zonal defence. So I think from their point of view, they, they might be looking at that because um, they definitely looked vulnerable uh, from that point of view. Maeve, what's your expectation of how well we're going to get on at the World Cup now that it's like five months away? I, I would be lying Sorry. if I'd say I'm Four already... Yeah, I'm up. Yeah, true. Yeah, so I think it's 99 days out uh, as far as I know. But um, I kind of already looked at the permutations and that. And uh, I think, uh, you know, a second round uh, matchup against England would be would be uh, pretty spicy, to say the least. It would be unreal if we uh, could manage to, to somehow, you know, get through to, to that round. That would be, be fantastic. For, I think if we were to finish second and England were to top their group, we'd face up against each other, which uh, would be mouth-watering, really. Um, but yeah, I think, like, I suppose that the games are, they're they're hard to predict because um, actually la- yesterday, um, Australia beat England 2-0. And I mean, that's definitely not one that could have been predicted either. Um, and I think um, Canada lost to France, as far as I know, and, and Nigeria beat New Zealand as well. So um, it's definitely going to be a very interesting group. I think, like in every tournament, getting something out of the first game is massive. So I really think if we could even, you know, get a point against Australia in what will be, um, you know, a very tough, tough opening game, especially with the fans. But as we know, there's so many Irish down under as well. It, it could, you know, it could work in our, in Ireland's favour too. But I think if we got something out of the first game, then who knows after that, you know. Um, but obviously Canada and Nigeria are, are both going to be very tough games as well. Kathleen was making the point earlier, Maeve, that, that Ireland certainly seemed to tire a little bit in the second half last night. And when you look at the list of names that were kind of coming off the bench for, for the USA, uh, Julie Ertz, Trinity Rodman, Ashley Hatch, it's encouraging enough that a tiring Ireland still managed to, to nullify their impact and, and kind of deal with them. Like a one nil isn't bad. Oh, definitely, yeah. I think um, from the US point of view, they could be slightly worried, to be honest, because like... Um, you know, from their point of view, Ireland should be a team that, that they should be beating and beating well, you know. Um, if they are, like, they go into every tournament with the expectation to win and this World Cup would be no different. They're going to be going for three in a row, which would be an incredible achievement. But I don't think, at the, judging off off the game um, yesterday, I don't think, you know, it's it's much... Um, they have they've a long way to go basically I suppose is what I'm saying but um but yeah from an Irish perspective um just to be able to 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 remain solid and limit their opportunities to yeah two shots on goal um and like I said that you know uh, I suppose a preventable goal as well uh, a draw was a realistic result um given by based on the performance so yeah it's really it is reassuring that we can kind of um 
you know, uh, limit limit their opportunities. But I suppose the only worry would be that if if we do go a goal down and in a tournament situation, then you're going to have to go and um, try to chase the game a bit more. You know, last night, I think you could see Vera Pau almost asking for the full-time whistle, which, you know, obviously 1-0, they would have taken it before the game. But, um, you know, it's just that extra step now uh, going forward in, in in the World Cup because, you know, uh, 1-0 losses, you know, is still um, no points gained. So um, it's just a matter of that. Then can we, we know now, I suppose, that we're able to defend and defend, defend well, but it's whether we can kind of add goals then if, if they're needed. Can I ask you, as somebody who's been involved in squads, um, what the what the knock-on impact of somebody joining the team at this stage and getting straight into the team and somebody who's been a hero of the campaign not being on the plane, do the players care ultimately when they get to the World Cup? Is it a, a conversation for a day or two and then they get there and actually, you know what, it's all business? Or is that the type of thing that could cause some rancour? Yeah, I mean, uh, so it was like I said previously, the girls who who are still on the plane with the other girls, um, they probably don't, you know, won't mind as much. I I think at this stage there's going to be a bit of a Mayfainer attitude towards it because all the girls individually want to be on that plane, and um, you know, like it really is the girls who, who miss out who are going to be the ones who will be thinking about it and thinking about it for a long time, I'm sure, as they watch on uh, the games, but. Yeah, those within the squad and those who have made it, um, I don't think they'll be, be too worried, um, you know, from the from their own side once they're the ones who are um, on the plane as well. All right. Is there something further to that point, though, in that the squad have, say, I don't know, a player like Kira Grant, who's been involved in like every single squad of the qualifying campaign, maybe hasn't got a whole lot of minutes and now is very much, like she, she said during this time in the US that you know she's talked to Vera about what her role is in the team and she's aware of it but also her position is one of the ones that is probably up for grabs at the moment and is pretty you know that midfield is pretty packed and she could very easily not make the plate like surely there would be some yeah, especially with someone like and again this is not she, she's just an easy player to pick out but Sinead Farley coming in only played 60 minutes has only ever trained with the team three times she played great on Saturday and like, I mean, if she goes to the World Cup and does a job for us, I don't think I will be complaining. But I just wonder in the squad, you know, she's a midfielder too. Is there that little bit of a, if you're trying to gel a group? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I'm sure there has to be friction. Like, I mean, that's understandable because if there's a player coming in and, and you can see directly that that she's the one that's going to or could potentially take your position or even you compare it to the likes of Jamie Finn who's, who had been predominantly a starter or at least getting a lot of game time throughout the campaign and um, you know she, she's kind of gone down the pecking order now as well with the new recruits in um, you know like I said um, Sinead Farley and, and the likes of Eva Mannion as well and you know in fact like last night they were the two of them were arrested as such you know so I suppose that would indicate that they're seen to be um, important players going forward um, if you're already trying to, you know, you're obviously injury prevention and, and that. So, yeah, there I, I'd imagine, you know, um, when it comes to on the pitch that, I, you know, I'm sure all the intensity of training sessions and everything is, is up to the max because, um, you know, it's such fine lines. It's like that if they do one thing right or one thing wrong, it could cost them the place um, either 
to go or not go to the, the yeah. World Cup. So, uh, yeah. A lot of pressure. Maeve, good stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, guys. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.